welcome to this week's episode of Not D&D, brought to you by EN World Live. As always, I'm your host, Jessica, and this week I'm very lucky to have not one, but two guests with me here. I have Sam and Zach joining us. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hello, thank you for having us. Yeah, for having you so back. Much. It's, it's yes, good having you back, back, I was going to say. Yes. Was so this about a year ago now? It was. You were last here July 2022, and we talked about uh, Orbital Blues. And now we are back now uh, in 2023 talking about Orbital Blues Afterburn. Uh, so that is what we're talking about. So if you are watching live, hello, thanks for joining us. If you pop any questions in the chat, uh, we'll put them on the screen and try and answer your questions if they're relevant to what we're talking about and know the answers. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast, links to everything we're talking about is in the show notes for you to listen to. Um, so obviously we're going to be talking about uh, Afterburn, but before we dig into that, I'm going to be a little bit nosy and ask about the two of you because I've missed you and I haven't spoken to you in over a year and asking what your gaming highlights have been uh, since July of 2022. So if you have you know, events you've been to, any particular games you enjoy playing that you want to shout out. Um, so Zach, if I start, start with you, put you on the spot first. Uh, I've been playing lots of games because it's really important mm-hmm. as a designer to play and run games as often as you possibly can and that's been really good mm-hmm. uh mostly been one shot cycling gms the thing i've been running a lot is mouse ritter mm-hmm. uh, i've got a mouse ritter box set the estate which is like a load of pamphlet adventures in a box and is mm-hmm. a sort of really neat way to play old school dungeoneering with that rodent theme that we uh, you don't see as often it's uh, a neat. and this was a re- yeah a real inspiration mouse ritter for uh the box sets we're doing as part of the afterburn kickstarter actually oh, um, nice. so yeah nice excellent and uh sam what about you any particular gaming highlights in the last year year and a bit um for me i have been playing a lot of the genesis which is a really miserable European mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic um, RPG uh, with yep. my regular group after they they begged and pleaded for me to run it for them. Uh, and in terms of like personal stuff, I really enjoyed going to uh, London MCM this year because it was the first time that I really got to touch base with a lot of um, people who'd enjoyed Orbital Blues and people who'd read it. It was really eye-opening for me um, and, and very humbling. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's good. It's always nice when you get out in the world and people tell you they've played your game. Because I think sometimes as a game designer, we're all sitting in our homes, like making stuff and just put it out there online and it doesn't feel real. And then you meet people yeah, and like, I've played your game. And you're like, really? Why? Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, but anyway, but um, that's awesome. I'm glad you've been playing some awesome games. And uh, I think one shots or trying different games is really important for being a designer and just being a better tabletop RPG player. Hence, hence why this podcast. Um, but I'm going to move us on and talk a little bit about Orbital Blues um, and Sad Space Cowboys, which is the most wonderful tagline for a game ever. Um, so we obviously did an episode last July. So if you're a regular listening to the podcast, you might remember. Um, but for people that haven't uh, heard of Orbital Blues and haven't listened to the previous episode, if we just do a little intro about the kind of the core book and, and what the game is. Um, so Sam, what is what is Orbital Blues about? How do you describe it to people that have never heard of it before? Uh, Orbital Blues is a game about sad space cowboys where players take on the role of interstellar outlaws and form a crew to go out into the into a galaxy that doesn't really care about them uh doesn't really care if they they live or die everything is controlled by corporations and uh 
big uh, big organizations and you are just part of a, a very small crew trying to find their way in a crushing gig economy. It's perfect for emulating games in the style of Firefly, Cowboy Bebop, and like Guardians of the Galaxy, that that kind of thing. Um, if Starfield didn't hit a certain spot for you, then we think that Orbital Blues will. What a tagline. Is that is that in the marketing promos for the Kickstarter campaign? Yeah, yeah. It's like the whole Sega do what Nintendo don't thing. Um, right. Orbital Blues does what Starfield don't. <laughs> Amazing. And thinking about Wait, Orbital let Blues... Let me get that on Twitter right now. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask you a question, Zach. I was just going to say, so with, with Orbital Blues, I was going to lean about, talk about the mechanics a little bit. Um, you know, how do, mechanically, what is the game like? How do you describe it to people? So, somebody's used to playing D and D, and that's kind of their reference point. How do you introduce the rules of the game to them? Yeah. So, the way the principles that we try to lead with with the game is that we want the game to be as simple as possible, so you can focus on playing a character and not doing maths. Um, you pick a very simplified character that is trying to have a really defined role and set of characteristics within the genre we've chosen to go for, which mm-hmm. in this case is like retro future space western dystopia. Yeah. Um, so the first thing you do in character creation is that you pick like the vibe for your guy, which is just a pair of like the something, a word that kind of defines your position on the crew. You might be the hit, the smoker, uh, the lovesick, the captain. And that's just like that your character in one word or maybe a few depending on the line and then the thing that you pick after that tends to be the trouble uh, mm-hmm. which is the reason that your cowboy is sad in space uh, mm-hmm. and it's a it's an xp generator so in a lot of games you get experience points for being sad or killing monsters or doing quests whereas mm-hmm. orbital blues you get experience points for being sad Uh, And as a result of that, you pick the thing, your trouble, and that generates a uh, list of prompts that kind of help you generate a backstory for your character. Mm -hmm. Uh, You build out a list of uh, things that happen to them or relationships or places or moments or like defining features. And then you um, also have a set of experience prompts for like ongoing gameplay uh, Mm -hmm. that relate to your character basically doing foolish or sad things that exist Mm -hmm. because of the fact that they have this sense of sadness, this, this ennui, this rage at the position of the universe. Mm -hmm. And what this creates very quickly is a really, a really quick way of generating interesting backstory that relates back to the saddest thing that ever happened to you. It grounds you within the universe and gives you all these kinetic Mm -hmm. connections to people and Mm -hmm. also gives you prompts going forward for how to be a sad disaster bastard who's just making terrible decisions. <laughs> if you need uh, the guidance, yeah. If you need the guidance, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with though all those things working together and all the characters in your crew having this set of role-playing prompts that kind of helps you play into the genre, uh, mm-hmm. you end up with a really strong sense of identity for the character and yeah. of position within the crew and within the game you go for as a whole. Uh, the rest of the rules, everything you'd expect to do with like combat or leveling up or making a character or running a story, try to be as simple as possible to get mm-hmm. out of the way that we're thing for hit well, the thing we're here for, which is mm-hmm. making characters that are situated 
in a story and are making those decisions. Amazing. So, yeah, that's a really good summary. I love that. And uh, some of the comments saying they love the explanation of it being sad space cowboys and the theme from the beginning. Um, so mechanically as well, it being like D6 system based on Best Left Buried, which is another one of your games as well. So if people have yeah. played Best Left Buried, I, I assume this won't be too far a jump from that. It'll feel familiar in some ways. Yeah, the core mechanic is the same one we borrowed from mm -hmm. Best Left Buried, where you're rolling two dice and you're trying, you're adding a stat, mm -hmm. which is going to be somewhere between two and zero in a character mm -hmm. creation. Uh, in Orbital Blues, the three stats are a savvy grit and muscle, which mm -hmm. kind of tell you a lot about how we think these cowboys are in space. Savvy, gritty, and, and muscly. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and then you're rolling those two dice, trying to get more than nine. And if you're mm -hmm. in a position that is better than normal you have something called the upper hand which is you roll three dice and you get to keep two and mm -hmm. if maybe things aren't looking so hot it's against the odds you're rolling mm -hmm. three dice keeping the two lower uh combat works in a similar way uh the core mechanic is really just like roll some dice get out of the way maybe re-roll some dice if things don't start going well you can burn through your hit points to be able to do more of that as things get a little bit hairy but yeah if you've played best left buried um chances are you'll be you'll, you'll understand the bones of the thing when you pick it up and try to take it to the table amazing so orbital blues um is out and available now and it's been out for two years uh, had a very successful kickstarter um and you know people are loving the game so what we're here to talk about today um is the new kickstarter uh, for orbital blues afterburn so sam i'm going to jump back to you and uh, mm -hmm. ask you what what is the kickstarter about what is uh, afterburn with orbital blues uh, Afterburn is a collection of everything that we felt, well, not felt, but everything that we physically couldn't fit into the the core book, um, core mechanics that we felt like were not missing because the, the play experience mm -hmm. of the core book is, is very full, but things that would enrich your experience with the game, depending on what kind of GM you were and what kind of storytelling tools you wanted. There's there's a ton of resources out there for mm -hmm. fantasy games, um, like, you know, books of traps, books of dungeons, books of monsters. And yeah. with more grounded sci-fi, there's not, as many resources, there are resources out there, but there's not mm -hmm. as many resources out there. Yeah. And so we felt like if there was anything more that we could add, we should add it. Um, mm -hmm. And what helped was seeing how successful and popular it was with people on the Soul Muppet Discord, on Twitter, online, saying, hey, I really like this. Have, have you ever considered doing X or Y? And a lot of times the answer for that was, yes, we have, or yes, we did, but it just didn't fit. Uh, mm -hmm. So one thing for that was how does space travel work? Um, you've got a really good example of, of how me and Zach approach things differently here in that I was simply like, I don't care. Uh, it's like... <laughs> Uh, it's it's like Star Wars. They get from A to B, and the ship does a thing. Sometimes it doesn't because do the science. thing, and that's yeah. Sometimes it doesn't do a thing, and that's bad, and you should fix it. Mm -hmm. uh, but most of the time, it works to get you from A to B, and that gives you a, a a period of time to talk about things, be sad, smoke a cigarette, have an argument with with your co-pilot, etc. But then, obviously, some people really like harder sci-fi of saying, mm -hmm. okay, which part is broken? 
or which part do we need to get replaced at the next spaceport so we can make the next jump in under X parsecs or whatever. Um, and that's that's fine, but that's the kind of stuff that needs more help for people mm-hmm. who say, I have no idea about how space travel works, but I want my players to feel like we all know how space travel works. And you've got a really good sort of anecdote for this, haven't you, Zach, with how uh, Connor runs games or how you play games with an actual engineer that inspired you to do a lot of this writing oh yeah yes yeah well so i've played a lot of all the blue since this came out weirdly and i expect really? i've actually played more of it than i've ran which is oh, very well interesting done. i've got friends that are willing to run the game for me which is fantastic mm. uh but in the games we played um we there's this sort of idea to me that um specifically yeah like just like jumping back a few steps what the yeah. goal of the afterburn at least the section that i was writing is to basically mm-hmm. give create toolkits for gms to mm-hmm. make decisions and have ideas and that sometimes be in the form of a random table sometimes be in the form of advice or procedure or new rules or kind of spaces that we felt like more stuff was needed mm-hmm. uh, josh the our other co-creator who's the artist for the book but also does a load of really evocative writing of sort of in in universe in world writing uh, for a lot of the advertising materials that are the mm-hmm. art for the book yeah uh, has written a section of like spaceships that you could use so yeah we've got one on screen now the heavy engagement lancer the mm-hmm. hel by rio vada starworks right this is like an explanation of the kind of ship that your crew might use as their mm-hmm. um spaceship and yep. a couple more things like that but specifically the thing that's so fascinating to me is that because of the the fact that this game is so deeply not the work of one artist with vision it's uh-huh. the combination of the three of us in me sam and josh yeah um, we go we, we treat things in different ways and mm-hmm. in that same way it's not like orbital blues is a very vibe based game that can cover a really mm-hmm. large amounts of things as long as it's set in space and you have depression like <laughs> yeah the western element is kind of part of the the economics of it and the feeling of you know mm-hmm. the music and the the energies and the medias that inspired us but and yet we have such a large like, yeah. Sorry, we Maybe and yet that. we have like expansions, um, or rather like adventure books that we've that we've published that have had a Western feel to them in terms of like a Western genre, but yeah. not a Western setting. Um, they've been inspired by other cultures, um, and they're still fundamentally quint- quintessentially orbital blues games um, mm-hmm. and and settings. As long as the, as Zach said, as long as the thing of you are in space and things are not great, then yeah. that is that is the baseline. That's all that you need. Yeah, but specifically talking about this, one of the tool sets that I wanted to create was like mm-hmm. an understanding it could be used to fit like how things could work differently to fit different types of game Mm -hmm. so um we don't say here's how spaceship travel works yeah it's instead here's three different ways that faster than light travel might be possible and Mm -hmm. what effect that would have upon your game if faster than light travel is immediate and can take you anywhere in the universe your gm has to prep a lot more stuff because you could suddenly Mm -hmm. immediately go anywhere 
and it's yeah. incredibly easy to run from the law because the galaxy is enormous and you could be anywhere and yeah. there's lots of complications like that whereas if you have space travel working in a way that you know it takes 20 years to get from one star system to the next or even you can't and even the travel between systems can take weeks or months that between planets in the same system could take weeks or months that's mm-hmm. going to leave you with a really grounded feeling never yeah. mind if you start looking at like how time dilation would work i've just ignored that bit entirely yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point uh we've started talking about like how things would change if you thought about the world in different ways mm-hmm. to encompass the way all those different games would work the thing that sam teed me up for though is that i've spent the last year or so playing in a couple campaigns now of like really quite hard sci-fi orbital blues almost mm-hmm. borrowing from stuff like the expanse right or maybe yeah. uh the less cinematic bits of bebop that feel a little bit more grounded mm-hmm. um and firefly another good reference there where like honor who is the gm i've been lucky enough to play with a fair bit has like a quite good understanding of how spacecrafts might actually work and has an, a, an internal sense of logic for the whole thing. Cool. And I've always had this thought process that if I, if, if I, I know how to dungeoneer, I've done it, I've done it enough in my head and I've played enough old school dungeoneering games that mm-hmm. you gave me a 10 foot pole and a pickaxe. I could clear the goblins out of any dungeon, right? Because <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I've spent enough time doing it that I've learned how it works. Right. Because ultimately the verbs you use to interact with a dungeon are very human it's Mm -hmm. poke this step here open this door do this things that like normal people can associate with whereas Mm -hmm. with stuff in space you know the the saying i'm not a rocket it's not rocket science is Mm -hmm. is weighty here because how these things might work are really complicated but yeah i've now played enough orbital blues i think i know how an orbital blue spaceship works i also <laughs> okay. think i know a way to explain to you how an orbital blue spaceship might work in a quite approachable okay. way but then they yeah. do interesting ways of problem solving you know mm-hmm. and there's ideas there and principles about like explaining how you could use these things to solve problems and think about ways and obviously mm-hmm. anything that you can use to prepare a spaceship repair a spaceship you can also use if you're trying to heist a bank uh, or do any okay. number of problems, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you've got the foam sealant can that you use to stop hull breaches, and you have mm-hmm. a pneumatic um, splint that stops things from breaking, or a laser drill, right? Of and course. once you put those three things together, you could probably break into a bank vault. I don't know. Sounds like fun. But it's like by giving the equipment, like explaining how these things work, you're handing mm-hmm. your players loads of new verbs for exciting things to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, Afterburn itself, it's full of, as well as this big adventure, I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, a bunch yeah, of yeah. stuff that is going to be mm-hmm. really useful, hopefully to any RPG player. And obviously we've spent the last 10, 15 minutes talking mm-hmm. about like one book of all the different things that we've got as part of the Kickstarter. Yeah. So there's uh, so a lot of expensive. stuff. Could you give us an overview of all the stuff? Cause I've got a picture on my screen now with all the stuff, people listening, Sam, tell me about all the stuff in the Kickstarter. Uh, the stuff, <laughs> the uh, stuff. there is, uh, mm-hmm. 
so as part of this one, we have Afterburn, which has your the ship catalog uh, by Josh that Zach mentioned. There mm-hmm. is the GM's storyteller's guide that that mm-hmm. covers the how does space travel work, t- like tips to engage with space in space words, sort of mm-hmm. talk. Uh, a lot of like how we have run this, how we have found this as as it's been in actual play and then you have rogue anthems which is a collection of adventures to mm-hmm. further expand the orbital blues range and that is coming in a thematically anachronistic vhs box uh, turns out it's really hard to find a vhs box um, I'm in this day and age and it's so even more difficult to find someone who will make you things in a vhs box uh zach has been on that quest uh for, yeah. for a while now um and it, it was it was quite long it was quite long uh and then we also have a a, a box set of the previous adventures that we put out for the uh for the last kickstarter finally like fully rendered in physical all fully illustrated all edited and passed over by me zach josh so they're all in keeping with the sort of like tone the atmosphere the vibes that people love so much about the Mm -hmm. the setting and the game in play um and we also have just was it today we announced solo play oh yeah We've got a, a, a zine. Uh, it's called All the Blues Wanderer, mm-hmm. uh, which is solo play rules for like a sort of hybrid solo play journaling game oh, uh, nice. where you use alongside your sort of normal dice set mm-hmm. uh, some poker chips and a card deck, and it helps mm-hmm. you generate a story that you won't need a GM for. It's a thing we often get yeah. asked about, and it's in for yeah. the sort of final stretch goal we're hoping to hit in the next two days. Uh, oh, so, yes, because yeah. the Kickstarter, I should have mentioned at the beginning, is ending in about 50 hours at the time of recording this live. So that's on November 15th. Um, So if you are at all interested, uh, it would be worth checking out very quickly. Um, Is there going to be a pledge manager afterwards or anything if people are listening to this Yeah, there should be, but it will probably take us a few weeks to set it up. So if you are listening to this in a magical future after the 15th of November, (laughs) I'd recommend you head to the Soul Muppet web store at Mm -hmm. www.soulmuppet-store.co.uk and from there, you'll be able to find a link to our Discord server, which is like, generally speaking, the best way to stay up to date with announcements. Mm-hmm. And also, you'll be able to get from that web store, you sign up to our mailing list, you get a free Orbital Blues adventure. And you can nice. also grab a copy of the Quick Start for Orbital Blues and also a bunch of our other games for Best Buried, Gangs of Titan City, Inevitable, uh, all have free Quick Starts and character sheets. And most of them have an adventure as well. Uh, that you can nice. find on that page so I'm, i know i'm probably meant to be doing all the link shilling at the end but it's good to get a sort of if it if, if you do yeah. fancy, if you do think this sounds great that's the place to go to excellent great and uh, links will be in the show notes other podcasts if you're listening to this and just want to click through instead of typing it in um but going back to afterburn because you briefly mentioned adventures so your different settings have adventures what can you tell us about the adventures uh that you get in afterburn uh the ones in the VHS, uh, mm-hmm. Zach knows more about than I do, as I've been writing the the main adventure in Afterburn, which is like mm-hmm. a which is a system uh, mm-hmm. of five planets or lo- like core locations, creating a mm-hmm. sandbox for people 
of any experience level to use or set their games in uh, for, mm-hmm. for Orbital Blues. Uh, it's got some tentative links or um, like little nods to the adventure that's in the core book. Uh, so you can okay. carry straight on from there or you can come in nice. with, with fresh characters. And then the five adventures that are in the the box set for Afterburn are completely new uh, adventures written by a cast of guest writers. Oh, cool! Zach, can you tell us yeah, a bit more so, about those? Um, I think af- if now we hit the stretch goal, I think there's like there's, there's six in the base box. I think there's seven total. Now we've hit a stretch goal. There might be eight. Uh, so in Rogue Anthems. The adventures are all set within a single system mm-hmm. that aren't as connected together as the other ones are. The idea these can be a collection of one-shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a selection of stuff from different authors. We've got uh, spaceships, salvage operations, uh, gunfights in uh, on lonely cities. Uh, we've got um, sort of drone-manufactured, prefabricated towns being built you get to explore. Mm-hmm. One of the fun things about working with guest writers is that you get such different ideas to what we'd put in our own Orbital Blues adventure uh, that come mm-hmm. from a mix of 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 cultures of play and also yeah. of like physical cultures on Earth as well. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get a sort of broad spectrum of different things. Orbital Blues players do lots of different things. You know, it tends to resort to crime or bounty hunting Fair. But you can always get a mix of different stuff, uh, and we've tried to appeal to that across the box set. The kind of meta plot is it's set in a, uh, a system that's recently been damaged and is the process of being sort of recolonized following a a corporate war, which is what happens when two you know intergalactic mega corporations decide to yeah. uh, spend their resources uh, blowing each other up rather than uh, to make the most profit which is something that it's probably inevitable in that far future but you know we deal with it a little bit in the book mm-hmm. and the idea is it's a collection of them together to be used either as a sort of loosely linked campaign or a, mm-hmm. a series of one shots that you can you can use there and i've also plotted a little book about how to kind of smush them together and also specific advice on running orbital blues as a one shot using these pamphlets um because you want to change the rules slightly just for the pacing mainly to make sure that level ups are happening a little bit more often so that the mm-hmm. experience points you're actually feasibly going to level within one session rather than waiting three or four as it might be if you're playing at a normal pace sure. uh, but yeah yeah, because so, as a as a core game, Orbital Blues is very narrative driven, and mm-hmm. it can take a couple of sessions for that narrative and those those ties between your player characters and your NPCs to get going. And that's where the game really shines. So for yeah. one shot play, it needs to be condensed and refined into a much more bite sized sort of format. So you're still getting that experience. That's awesome. It's good to know that there's different advice in the storyteller's guide for the different styles of play and things you do. Because that's, I think sometimes when people are running a game, there's kind of those fears about how you approach it. So just having somebody talk you through it and being like, hey, this is how we did it and what works can just sometimes make it feel a little bit more approachable to kind of play. Um, So we've got, we've gone through. So we've got, you know, the ship customization and outfitting and tech rules are coming in there with, you know, the ships that we talked about. A whole load of adventures that you discussed there depending on which uh, tiers and packages you get um i also want to talk about androids 
because I noticed in this you had Android player characters, which looks like a yeah. new exciting thing, and I'm very intrigued. So please tell me everything about this. Uh, so androids were something that uh, quite a few people asked after, along with mm -hmm. aliens, um, when the book first launched. And we had very little interest in doing aliens. We wanted mm -hmm. space to be a very human place where a lot of its failings and its evils and its good came from people. Um, and we didn't want to chalk it up to an other or some kind yeah. of monstrous force or higher force, whatever. It, Everything was just a very human story. Uh, it makes with, it feel with, more lonely then as well, doesn't it? If it's like yeah. it's just humans, there's there's nothing else. That's kind of leads into the sadness of being a sad space lonely cowboy. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing mm -hmm. out there that's going to come and save you from your own troubles, uh, mm -hmm. which is something that I often find myself thinking about very uh, philosophically. Whenever aliens hit the mainstream news, I'm just kind of like, oh, man, I, I hope those aliens have a, a better sense of <laughs> yeah. morality than some, than some people. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, I personally felt like I wasn't equipped as a writer to do that justice in the way that i that i wanted to um it's very hard to in my opinion anyway write mm -hmm. an alien culture that feels truly alien and not just yeah. cribs inappropriately on some real world uh culture mm -hmm. or just yeah. something that is strange to me as a as an individual yeah. um so with that with like aliens kind of like you can do it if you want but we're not going to do it for you with the with a line drawn underneath it mm -hmm. um and we still might we still could mm -hmm. um we we then looked at androids and i lo looked at androids uh i'm a big fan of the android stream of electric sheep and Blade yeah. Runner, mm -hmm. uh, and the sort of human elements that that brings up particularly the the age-old thing of is deckard a replicant mm -hmm. uh which is uh, a largely like a hotly debated thing that we won't get into here but <laughs> i think that that as a question of am i a robot made for a purpose or to emulate a person that to me felt intrinsically like an orbital blues trouble mm -hmm. and that was a prime sad real estate for have i been made to uh, fill the shoes of someone who has passed am i aware of that have i been made to serve a corporation uh or a corporation's ends and in turn that like raised a lot of like moral and philosophical mm -hmm. questions that some we some i felt like i was prepared to and equipped to answer and then others uh, i i wasn't and mm -hmm. so what we've ended up with is in this system where the adventure takes place androids have been created in part as a bit of a science fair flex uh, and also as a bit of a hey let's make robots so that nobody else has to has to die unnecessarily due to okay. hazardous work environments let's make a robot that can tolerate the heat let's make a worker that can lift the logs on the planet that does the the lumberjacking etc um but part of that is it was built by a conglomerate of different engineering companies that were always trying to outdo each other in terms of the android's features and they've kind of ended up making them too smart for their own good and they've mm -hmm. gone, 
hey, we we were built, but we weren't built to serve a company. We weren't built to just chop wood. Um, we're our own people and we're leaving. Um, mm-hmm. And now you have this kind of corporate espionage taking place in the galaxy where plans and uh, blueprints for how to build more androids have gone as far as you want them to in the galaxy. If you're running your ball blues and you don't want androids in your setting, then fine. They're just not yeah. there. Um, but if you want them everywhere and you want to run like a Blade Runner style game, then you can say, okay, well, this is a system that where androids have proliferated. Um, mm-hmm. And we've written up a small list of android unique gambits and troubles. So you can be a particularly sad robot or you can be, uh, you know, have particular things about the, the that are unique to your robot status. Um, but in turn, the the role playing uh, sort of structures set around you will be will be a little different. Have you been made in the image of someone who is deceased? Have you been made mm-hmm. as a copy of, say, a CEO to replace them should anything happen to them? Uh, are you aware of that fact? Um, if you are, how does it have a toll on you mentally? Um, if you aren't aware of it, how will it have a toll on you when you inevitably find out? That is that is a peak Orbital Blues moment identity mm-hmm. crisis, in in my opinion. Um, so it just like is expanding players' options in ways that I, I felt comfortable in writing and exploring. I myself had like a big. Uh, kind of like identity crisis of what purpose do I serve as a person? What's my role well, in the world? Yeah. Um, as I know, a lot of people did post lockdown, mm-hmm. but um, it was one where I was like, what does my work mean? What does my writing mean? What was I put on this planet to do? And I don't have an answer for that. Um, and I don't think many people do. And it's not something that we always want to really face in a role-playing game in a sense of escapism. But Mm -hmm. Orbital Blues is a game that asks you to look at like the big questions and asks you to look at what makes this person tick for better or for worse? What drives them forward and keeps them working? uh, Or what is it that keeps leading them to their own downfalls and their own pitfalls? Um, Mm -hmm. And the Android dilemma as seen in like Philip K. Dick's work Mm -hmm. um, and exploring the Blade Runner films is something that I felt was like premium Orbital Blues material to to explore of, am I a robot or am I just confused? Surely I can't be a robot. That's, that's absurd. Yeah. I I mean, I love the concept of it. When I saw it on the Kickstarter, that was one of the elements I was most excited about because I love the idea of being a sad robot in space. So thank you for adding that in and and making that an option that people can sprinkle in their games as much or as little as they like. Um, Yeah, that was the key thing for me was that I wanted to write Mm -hmm. a solution for if you don't want this, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, you know, I, I ran Dungeons and Dragons in university like twice, three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time someone joined, someone would like drop out due to study, someone new would join. Mm-hmm. And the amount of splash books I had to keep track of was, was insurmountable. And, um, I like it when books say you can use this if you want. Um, yeah. or you can not use this if you don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of splash books are just kind of like, here's a new thing in the world. Um, yeah. And it's just there and your players are like, but it says it's in the world. And I'm like trying to explain yeah. author's intent and mm-hmm. 
individual world building can become a bit of a headache sometimes. So I was like, have as much or or as little robots as you want. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think with almost any game and any table, it is up to you even if it says in the rule book something's there if you don't want it there guess what it's it's not it's not there the, yeah. the person that wrote yeah, the game yeah, yeah. isn't going to come around and tell you off and i'm assuming <laughs> you i'm assuming you won't do that at summer pit publishing no I just, no yeah. um we just can't keep track of what you do at home if yeah. you want to run all the old blues like as a super gonzo borderland style game go ahead tell me how it goes um <laughs> your characters will probably die but go ahead have a blast why not? Um, speaking of like the tone and the vibe, as you said, it's a very narrative driven game and it has specific themes. Um, and one of the ways uh, you've you've really encouraged that is through uh, music. Uh, Zach, could you talk about the importance of music and and how that plays into Afterburn and Orbital Blues? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Orbital Blues, and it's in the name, is a game about like music and mm-hmm. the sort of the spirit of Americana and mm-hmm. what how that exists in this far future yeah. um and it's one of the it's a game where we explicitly in the character creation they tell you to come up with a what in music in, in academic musicians would call a light motif i don't know why mm-hmm. i went for that a favorite yeah. song your character has that plays while they do cool things yeah like, you're encouraged to think of that and yeah. that's something that's in the minds of us when we're making stuff Mm -hmm. there are a bunch of this i think there's at least three official orbital blues playlists flying around now one Mm -hmm. i made a couple that sam has done over various eras Mm -hmm. and um obviously an official soundtrack now Mm -hmm. and as of about an hour ago we hit our third cassette ep that you can now purchase as part of the crowdfunding project uh, nice. So it was one of the things that we sort of agreed on quite early on. This is a game of a really distinctive set of soundtrack and we mm-hmm. wanted some kind of music. And I think I said to Sam, we should get a vinyl done or something. You can do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Sam said, and it's good. It's been, it's been very, it's been an interesting financial decision for me personally. Uh, <laughs> we need to put it on a cassette instead. Uh, for a long cassette, yeah. That was 100% correct. <laughs> everyone, at the time, everyone at the time was doing vinyls, as was the style at the time. Um, <laughs> and I had a few friends who collected vinyls, and quite frankly, I was kind of tired of them and a little scared of them and how fragile they seemed. Um, and I always thought that cassettes were cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, let's get it on a cassette doesn't matter if anyone can play it we could hide something on there like a developer's commentary or or something um if someone actually does figure out how to play it that'd be that'd be cool right yeah so there you go zag there with the uh with the cassette uh and it just so happened that um Zach knew a uh, an RPG creator who was also a musician, Chris Bazette, uh, who we got to musically cosplay as the Deltas and come mm-hmm. in as a fake in like an in-universe band and fill the cassette mm-hmm. with actual music. So you didn't just get us to being like, "Hey, you've managed to play this cassette somehow. Now we're going to tell you all the secrets <laughs> of Orbital Blues." Um, <laughs> so they can just listen to this um, podcast for all the secrets. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for the for the full backstory for this one is that Josh's art was a lot of it is like in universe. So mm-hmm. as you flip through the book, you are confronted by 
advertising posters for spacesuit brands and mm -hmm. pictures of everyone's favorite starship and examples of a holiday retreat on a Dyson sphere you can go to mm -hmm. and all of this like in universe diegetic art that exists and one of the things we had a few of was band posters and we had mm -hmm. one for a band called Holly Astro and the Flyboys and mm -hmm. we had one for uh, the Deltas uh, which then got like we said to Chris we want you to be an in-universe band here's one of the things we had and then they were like yeah cool i'll i'll do that that sounds like fun so it was a fun writing challenge uh mm -hmm. we've got we've added two more cassettes since to the um the project uh we've done a really successful uh actual play podcast series that um was been run by my first dungeon we did a sponsored actual play nice. with them the final mm -hmm. episode which was coming out tomorrow and as part of that process they were going to make music anyway uh this incredible uh musician called behold mm -hmm. uh colin was going to make a bunch of music for us for the podcast anyway so mm -hmm. we've put it on a cassette and then nice. we all i wanted to get chris back like we talked about all the blues is different genres of game for different mm -hmm. members of the creative team and focuses on different things it's also different types of music mm -hmm. um sam yours kind of focuses on country music a little bit more than me it's, kind it's, of early it's rock, like mine like mine is scene. yeah mine is like americana that's the music that mm -hmm. i grew up with the music that my family had um and the biggest influence to my writing and my storytelling over the years has always been songs and songwriting. Um, people say like, "Oh, what's um, what's what's the big inspiration behind Oboe Blues? You you must love Cowboy Bebop." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I do," but I would say that um you know like my my biggest inspiration for all the blues is just music and mm -hmm. some people are just like oh okay <laughs> well, I, um, I'll, I'll follow one instead of saying oh, okay i'll say is there a particular song for you sam that um was a big inspiration when writing for afterburn um maybe hard to pick one. i would yeah. say that the biggest thing that gave that like gave me the idea uh was uh oh my god uh the distance by cake um which is a song about a man driving round and round in circles on a racetrack um and that like image really stuck with me um mm -hmm. the the first um orbital blues was was very much like a um sort of born to run um kind of kind of in springsteen inspired affair zach plays with a lot more jazz motifs and noir motifs mm -hmm. and has always wanted to write a noir inspired mystery am i right for mm -hmm. for orbital blues yeah it's one of the things i'm looking at people when people ask what my thing is i am i am very mm -hmm. basic i just do really like cowboy bebop i think it's pretty cool i think all nice. the blues <laughs> does contain multitudes and can be lots of different things but mm -hmm. um for me the uh the big the big musical inspiration for this one uh is i've been listening a lot to an album uh, by a japanese pianist called ryo fukui if i'm probably saying that wrong mm -hmm. and nobody knows the trouble i've seen is the lead track 
from the album A Letter from a Slowbo, uh, which mm-hmm. is what has been like my big to burn writing piece for all the stuff I've been doing. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of jazz for me. And nice. so when we asked Chris back for album two for yes. um the crowdfunding for this new crowdfunding project, we're gonna get some kind of experimental jazz album. And that should really? be fun. I've got no idea what that's gonna sound like. Uh, but you know, we've had some early pieces sent over that we're able to share. And that's really fantastic. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that has fully answered a question that we had. Uh, that somebody said, "Has have you had uh, a player compose their own sad space cowboy blues as part of the game they've run?" And the short answer is yes. It seems like everybody has a playlist yeah, for it. You've got official what ones whole, made. Old music is. Yeah, and uh, and all the actual players have them as well. So yes, yes is the answer to that question. Yeah. And um, we are coming the... up near. T- oh, Go sorry. On. No, no, no sorry, just, it's all right. I'm, I'll just ramble otherwise. Please go ahead. Well, that's, I love that. That's the best thing as a podcast guest. The worst is when they don't <laughs> talk. Uh, we, I was about to say, with that, we've been talking a lot and we are coming up near to the top of the hour and running low on our time. Um, so if you're watching live now, it's time to ask any questions you haven't had answered. And I was going to say to both of you, is there any kind of like closing thoughts or things you want to share about Orbital Blues Afterburn that you haven't had the chance to yet, maybe? So I don't know, Zach, if there's... Any kind of closing words or summary you want to want to share about the game? I think I've got through all the big all the the big hitters. Yeah, uh, I think we've talked about most of the stuff. We've gone through what's in the adventure. We've talked about the music. We've talked about mm-hmm. the inspirations. We've talked about the the process. Mm-hmm. I think that's most of the most yeah. of the exciting stuff. Guess the only thing to say is to go back it on Kickstarter while it's still live right now. Uh, links on the screen if you're watching. <laughs> in the show notes if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Sam, what about you? Um, for me, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who has, has backed it, supported it, loved it, or loathed it. You know, any kind of feedback is good. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, it's like just having a reception to it. People always say that, you know, a, a second album or a sequel to anything is is the hardest thing to do. And so, like, expectations are high, but we know that there's people who are excited for it and are really, like, anticipating it. Uh, so I just want to say thank you to all the people that have backed it, supported it, loved it, thrown their weight behind it. Um, it's really cool to see like a follow-up Kickstarter, which mm-hmm. whilst the original book is available as part of that Kickstarter, mm-hmm. it's very much for pre-existing fans. Like it's yeah. great if we bring more people in, but mm-hmm. this is for people who generally like already know what Orbital Blues is. Um and so to see it get as much traction as the first one um and now surpass it is is really crazy uh to me that people love it that much that they want to back it a second time around and throw their support behind even more orbital blues and as i said at the start you know going to mcm and working the soul muppet stand and meeting fans mm-hmm. was was really cool people would come up to the stand and i'd say you know i'd do the usual sales pitch and so hey you want to can i sign you up for a copy and they'd just be like i've already got one i bike the kickstar i just wanted to come come see you guys and i was like that's so cool thank you mm-hmm. um that was that was really nice so thank you to everyone for the support and for the uh for the for the general good vibes that people put out towards all blues it means a lot amazing thanks so much and uh as in the comments congratulations uh to you both and the rest of the team to see the kickstarter doing so well i'm excited to see it close in two days time on november 15th and then if people missed out uh like zach mentioned uh, if you go to kickstarter there'll be links to the back of it afterwards or if you go to the soul muppet website there'll be information there we can sign up on the newsletters 
And with that, I think I will take my time to say thank you uh, to both of you, Zach, Sam. Thanks so much for coming on and uh, come back, actually. So I clearly didn't scare you away last time. Yeah, maybe uh, this same same time next year, back talking at another game, maybe. (laughs) How about that? Sound good? I know right now you're thinking, we have to finish after. Let's just finish this Kickstarter, Jess, before we start talking about the next one. But uh, yeah, best of luck with the the Kickstarter. And uh, yeah, see you next year, maybe. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.